Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today is a day right after LashCon. We just wrapped it up. It was amazing. We had almost 200 people at one point on and off coming in. We had 380 people all signed up. So a bunch of you are going to catch it later. But for those of you who came and spent two days learning, it really came off almost as a live event. That's something I'm really proud of because we had so much interaction. People were talking in chat rooms. People, I asked people, hey, did you make friends? And people were like, yeah, I made friends. I mean, this is so cool. That was like our biggest hope or fear, I should say, is that people would just go on, watch some videos and go home. But better than that, that people were able to come on, hang out, connect with each other, make new friends. We had a party together. We uh, had our last con cocktail together. We had a dance lesson from Bailey Sock, who came online as one of our surprise last second editions. We basically just had a lot of fun. And for those of you who still have not watched, you'll get to see it all and experience it all except for the live party. We didn't record that. Actually, that was my bad. But, you know, no one, that's probably not, that's probably the least fun thing to watch other people partying, right? So, but. But at least all the educational stuff is still there, and it's going. It's, even if you aren't able to interact with people, the content, guys, is gold. A lot of the stuff you heard the last few weeks here in our podcast, now you're going to hear the new speakers, and I can't wait. Probably a year from now, just before next LashCon, we'll put some of those speakers on so you can at least experience it. And here's some good news. For those of you who did not buy a ticket at all and just completely missed it because you thought it was going to be like just another conference, which I promise you this was anything but that, we are going to be selling what we're going to call the LashCon FOMO ticket. So for those of you who missed out and now are just beginning to go, wow, that, that wasn't just a bunch of talking heads of people talking about, I don't know, things that really don't help me, but these are really, these are people who are marketing specialists, business specialists, coaches, people that aren't just in the beauty industry, but outside of that, who come in and they have all this world expertise and all this, what they can bring to help make our lives better. We're going to bring that to you and we're going to let you be able to still buy a ticket. I don't have an exact date. I've got so many other things I got to get out of the way, but we'll have it up very soon when we do we'll make a lot of noise and we'll put on social media and we'll let everyone know and we'll sell for a little time for a short time so that way you can still get in and you can still get your LashCon um, post glow on I guess you could call it so anyway guys as far as today's episode we're just gonna me Eric and Tuss sit down and we talk about client boundaries something that I think pretty much everyone in this planet if you're in the beauty industry struggles with in some way I mean there's some of you guys out there that are just amazing that I, I talk to you like no they have very good boundaries they they have good sense of self their own you know I guess not I say worth but just have a good sense of where to draw the line and they have no problem saying no and that's great but for most of us in the beauty industry that's never something that we come born with and we struggle with so we're going to share some of the things that we did some of our things we learned over time and helped us to run a better slot otherwise guys that's all I have for you I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, stand by for your last con FOMO ticket. That information will be coming out soon. live here in the LashCast studios and we're excited to have Erica back with us from Tennessee. Welcome to the show, Erica. Hey, how's it going? going good it's uh middle of the summer and we just found out we got shut down again for a second time today so not sure when this episode will air but hopefully we'll be back working soon how are things going out in tennessee and all that well you know i feel like with i feel like with pretty much anywhere it almost feels day by day like you never know the next announcement they're gonna make so we're still open for um beauty salons and skincare services but 
for now. You know, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it changes. Has there been a, a big outbreak there at all? Are people in an uproar about masks? What's it like? Masks haven't been too terrible. It seems like everywhere we go, people are pretty much wearing them, especially into stores and that kind of thing. But you definitely have the people that don't. I live in a, we live in an apartment community that they sent out an email that was, was like, if you go out of your apartment, you have to put a mask on. And, you know, there's just plenty of people not doing it. And it's just weird to feel like you have to do it at home, but that's just what yeah. Well, we live in Arcasia's, you know, and it's like totally normal out here. It's like this is the way it is. You just wear masks. And then I love the idea because for us, before I, I had talked to someone about it, I said, you know, it's interesting, but the Asian community has always been comfortable wearing masks. And I found out it's because they're always trying to keep other people from being sick. It's not them getting sick. Because I always thought, how does that mask keep you from getting sick? It doesn't because germs get in unless it's one of these you know, more sealed masks. And I found out, no, no, no. It's when they have a cold or they feel a little under the weather, they would always automatically put on a mask and go out and do their day because they don't want to spread their germs. And I thought, how beautiful is that actually? I wish that was just American way of doing things. That'd be I actually, actually pretty cool. Yeah, I actually got, sh- the only time that I got shamed for not wearing masks, because this was before the mask mandate. This was before they said, but I was in the Asian market and a guy came up to me and was like, you should be wearing a mask. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> I came shamed. home. I was like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't wearing a mask. I'm like, the government didn't say we had to. And, you know, Paul's like, well, this is our neighborhood, you know. Yeah. It's normal <laughs> yeah. here. It's the way things are. So, anyhow, it's a whole new world. We'll be, I think, we've been prepared or at least been thinking we're going to close down at least like once or twice during this season. Not just because of state. But also, as you maybe thought, and I'm sure some of our listeners have thought, well, what if someone walks in who does have COVID-19 and I get exposed? Well, I probably have to close down if there, someone calls them and goes, well, by the way, two days ago, someone came to your salon who had COVID-19 and you need to go get tested. So while you're getting tested, you have to shut down and wait to get the results back, which you know they keep saying they're going to be quicker and then they slow down because they're expanding testing so much. And then you right. find out you have to shut down for five days or worse. You find out you're exposed and you do have it. Well, now you're going to be shut down at minimum 14 days, if not maybe right. even a month because you got to get yeah. over it. Hopefully it's not bad for you, but there's going to be a lot of these startup stops. That's been a little bit of a hiccup for us. We've had a couple of clients had to call and cancel their appointments because yep. they were exposed or, you know, somebody that they worked with has it. So no, we already had at least two or three clients who would cancel like the day before and say, Oh, I was exposed two days ago. Sorry. I'm waiting for the test. So I think it's good. I mean, people are very conscious of that. Yeah. No, people are being at least thoughtful and mindful and I'd rather them do that than come in and get us exposed and shut us down for a month. (laughs) That would not be good. So, all right. So today what we want to talk about was boundaries, which is actually kind of related a little bit to this because good boundaries will help you run your business better and to communicate better with your clients. And if you don't have good boundaries, well, then you're going to just be walked all over and have COVID-19. How about that? <laughs> what kind of boundaries are we talking about here? Let's get real specific. Well, I think boundaries... Well, there's lots of different boundaries, but basically boundaries on how you're going to take care of you, the boundaries that you'll have with your clients, like certain rules. Like right now we have boundaries about how they can come to the salon. Like they have to make sure that they come with a mask. We, we tell them they also have to make sure that they haven't been exposed to someone. If they have, please don't 
book. If they have a fever, they can't come in. If they have a fever, we will do a temperature check when they do come in. So we have some of these boundaries. We send an email out, and then we also send it in the text when we confirm. So we do have these boundaries. But there's other boundaries because we want this to be an evergreen. It's not the COVID-19 boundary show. This is about other boundaries that we need to be thinking about too, about late clients, cancellations, no-shows, people who want touch-ups or fills, people have dirty lashes, right? These are all things that we need to have boundaries and have discussions with our clients. And before we get started, I thought, Eric, maybe you could share this for a second about, you see this on Facebook groups. I've actually given up on Facebook groups. I just, I mean, we have ours that we monitor and we'll engage, but man, Facebook groups can be the wild west when it comes to how to function, operate, how to learn, how to do lashes. And you were sharing that can you share? Yeah, a little bit of what share. you've seen yeah. is boundaries, what people talk about when they on Facebook. Totally. So I begrudgingly check those groups because I have also definitely given up. <laughs> but it is a really great place to go to kind of take a temperature for yeah. lash artists out there who it really feels like don't have any sort of mentorship in their life or not following some sort of... Not following us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do like to go on from time to time just to kind of like, see what's going on. And every time I do, there will always be somebody posting screenshots of text messages with a client and themselves, basically asking for advice saying like, what should I do? This client has been so difficult. I really want to fire her, but I don't know if I should, or I don't know how. And you know, she'll post the screenshots of the text messages and I'll read them and I'll be like, this is why you want to fire this client. This is why. (laughs) Can you share some of what you've seen? Well, I mean, it's interesting because it'll be the most common things like a client needs to keep rescheduling or you decide to try to implement a policy. Maybe you don't go about it the right way and the client gets a little little pushback about it, a little pushback. Yeah. But you're trying to implement that through a text message, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Well, no, I was going to say that's something. Why don't we just jump on that right away? I actually think what you said about the text message is something that we had a policy in our salon, at least with staff for sure, and even with clients if it got to that point where it was like emotional in any way. Like really, texts and DMs are great for communicating basic information, but if you need to draw a line in the sand or you need to be tough on someone or teach them a lesson, let's say, or in this case, communicate with a client like, hey, you know what? Your continual no-show is not going to fly in our salon. Texting is probably the worst way to do that communication. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst to set a boundary. It's the worst medium whatsoever. Because they're just going to get pissed off, and then they're going to both you know, DM or flame each other. And before you know it, you're, you're sending mad emojis back and forth, <laughs> and it's over. And then you go on your Facebook group, and you show it there, and then guess what? They also get upset, and you get all worked up, and then someone decides to take all the screenshots and share them. What's the last page where, where it's all comedy stuff. I forgot her name all of a sudden. Lash Funnies? Yes, Lash Funnies. All of a sudden, they, you make the headlines on Lash Funnies. But that said, yeah. I think texting and DMing is really only good for like confirmations, saying, hey, where are you? Are you on your way? But at the moment that they're no showing or canceling, don't take your rage out via text or DM. I think that's just like even, really Even if you're form. not upset about it, they might think you're really upset because they can't hear your tone through reading your words. Exactly. It's really seductive, though, to think that we can do it through texting because you think, oh, it's just a simple boundary. I'm just going to put it out there. It's going to look right. It's going to look professional. 
it can work as a tool against you. So yeah. as a rule, I'm just going to encourage you not to have those important conversations. You know, even if you're not upset about it, just make sure that you have any conversations in person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is always the best in all levels in your relationships with all people, you know, for me, texting is like, Hey, I'll see you in five minutes. Not, Hey, I'm really just disappointed the way you behaved last time I saw you. <laughs> that type of text is going to make, those are fighting words and you're just not going to go in a good place with that. No matter whether it's a client, a friend, a family, whatever, it doesn't really matter. So let's talk about a few of the boundaries where people struggle and where you see them wanting to fire their client. So let's talk about first dealing with a typical late client. What do you guys do when you have a late client? Oh, when the client comes in late? That too. Well, <laughs> oh, well, the first thing you do is you adopt this mask of Zen. And it's really important not to show any kind of irritation with them. And you want to affirm them because the first thing that they're fussing about is that they, they're not there on time. And the first thing that I, I like to do is say, oh, I'm so glad you made it. Take a deep breath. You're here. We're going to get to your lashes. I'm going to do the best that I can with the time that we have remaining. And by saying that, it's really clear that you're telling them you're glad that they're there. Just take a deep breath about it. But you're not a miracle worker. You're not going to be able to magically add time, right? Yeah. Especially if you're booked out for the day, right? Right. So we're going to do uh, the best that we can with the time that we have remaining. Do you, Erica, ever give people extra time? Do you ever go over? If you have clients back-to-back, do you tell, call your clients, text them, say, hey, why don't you guys come in a half hour later because I'm still running behind? Everything like inside of me wants to do that, but I don't because it's inconveniencing all the rest of my clients, yeah. which is very unprofessional. So it's just hard because at the end of the day, you want them to leave happy. So you want to make them happy. You want to give them good lashes. But what you're doing is you're allowing their mistake to now become your problem. Exactly. And it's not your problem. And it shouldn't be the rest of your clients for that day problem either. And it is very tempting because it's just a quick text to the next client. Hey, I'm running 10 minutes behind. Can you come at 140 instead of 130? Like it feels so easy to do that. And it's very tempting, but through... Working with you guys, I learned that I don't ever want to do that. Well, we tried so. to do that at times in the way in the past. Years ago, we did that. And we saw it didn't happen often. But once in a while, there was very unintended consequences where it would cause a snowball effect where let's say the first client goes, yeah, sure, I'll come 15 minutes later. But the next client's like, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to cancel my appointment. And then I'm like, well, no, no, we'll keep you on time. But then they have to call back to the other client and go, I'm sorry, won't you come in on time now? Even though I asked to come 15 minutes late, please come on time. And all of a sudden, I was spending an hour trying to unravel this because I was trying to be kind and get Tustin's client a little bit more time. But it snowballed, and all of a sudden, I pissed off a whole bunch of other clients to, yeah. to make it right for another for one of Tustin's current clients. And it's also going to affirm that bad behavior, so they're going to mm-hmm. think that they can do it again yep. and again. And then you're going to get that client that all of a sudden is repeatedly late. And then you're going to screenshot your text messages and go onto Facebook and ask them if you should fire her. When (laughs) in the beginning, it was your fault because you allowed that behavior and you didn't set that boundary. Exactly. The other part that's hard about that, that piece is that 
you know, for those of us who are people pleasers, a lot of us who get into beauty are people pleasers. And we're just like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to make sure that this person is happy. So you turn up your uh, performance level up, up a notch and you're going to give the best that you absolutely can, but it makes you be on the hot seat. And that's hard to be on the hot seat, you know, trying to deliver your absolute best, like perform a lash miracle. And we do. Somehow we're able to do it, right? But it takes so much out of us, then we start to get a little bit angry. You know, it's like, okay, I'll do this for her. But like, if I'm starting to get angry about it, that's a warning sign to myself. And it's like, before we, you know, ever dated, it was like, you know, not having the self-respect in a relationship to be like, okay, I'm done with not having any self-respect. You know what I'm saying? So, it's important to have those boundaries. And it's important to talk about them right in the spot too and not hold off. I remember seeing one speaker at Serious Businesses last year and she talked about how in management, it's very common if you're a people pleaser to just hold it in, hold it in because you want to be the people pleaser. You want everyone to be happy. And so you just hold it in and say, okay, it's okay. And you, you're the walking mat. But eventually everyone will break. And that's where you see these people who are told people pleasers and they're smiling. And then the next time you see them, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're kicking, they're throwing their phone, whatever, because they've they had it. They, the just, they just couldn't take it anymore. And I think that happens with clients. Like you hold it in, you be nice, you're accommodating, you're accommodating, you're accommodating. And finally, a bad day happens where you're late to work, you get in, and then you find the client's like, oh, I'm going to be there in a half hour, which screws up your whole day. And now you're stressed. You're in the room thinking you have to do magic in like 30 minutes when I had an hour, hour and a half before. And you're done. And that's when you blow up and maybe you send those nasty texts. And of course, like you said, then you carefully select the text and don't show the first initial text where you just raged on someone and then you show everyone like, oh my gosh, look at these texts this gal sent me. And then everyone on Facebook tells you, fire that girl, fire that girl. And then it, it's all this drama, all because you couldn't just have a boundary from the get-go. I think that the easiest thing to do is you just clothe yourself with that gentleness and you put it back on them. You know, you made it. It's great. I'm going to do the best I can with the time that I have. What's most important to you on your lashes right now? You know, we can't, they'll say, I really want them full. And you'll say, well, we have 30 minutes left. I can do one thing. I can just do a little bit on each eye. You know, you give them that choice, but you have that conversation to say, What's most important to you about this? You know, can, you want a little bit of length on the outside corner? I can only do one thing, right? Or you don't do this. You don't just lay them down on the bed and start working. Because I've seen that with other staff. Sometimes they would be stressed. I'm like, just get them in the bed and start working as fast as you can. You don't say anything. You're not communicating. You're not showing any, like, hey, you know, I'm sorry to see. And we never said you're late, by the way. Never, said never that say, say you're you know late. What? We're going to make the best with the time that we have left was what our kind of our key phrase that we like to say. Because they put it on them. They realize, oh, crap, I'm late. But also, you weren't saying, oh, by the way, I'll give you more time. I would just do the appointment in the time that we have because I have a client coming right after you. Take care of you. Now, if I didn't, if we didn't have a client, it didn't matter. It wasn't like, oh, no big deal. We don't have any more clients. We would still say, look, at the end of the appointment, say, your time is done. And then basically, we'd say, if you want some more time, we'll go ahead. We can add on. It turns out the client after you cancel or maybe we have some changes. We have 30 more minutes, but it's going to cost you for that extra time because you always charge for your time. You don't just give them an extra half hour for free because they came a half hour late. And you never make the decision for them. You don't just give them the time without giving them 
the choice because yeah. also I have done that. I have made that mistake before. And the client was like, I had some place to go. Yeah. And now I'm totally late. And yes, it was coming from a place of generosity, but it wasn't professional. You were trying right? to fix it. I was the, trying yeah. to fix the problem. So always be very, very clear with what's going on with your time. Yeah. So our time is is over right now. I did the best that I could with the time that we have. Here's the mirror. And if they're like, uh, I want some more, we'll say, let's go to the front. I'm sure we can add that at another time. Yeah, we'll get you in the next day or two. And when we had a team, anyone could take care of anyone. So we'd say, you know, I'm sure someone has an opening soon. And if you are the person, now, if you're solo, like I'm sure most of the people who listen to this are solo, you got to decide how much extra time you want to give. If you want to work, let's say 10 to six most days, you're not looking to work till eight o'clock to over to take bring another client. And if you're busy, I still think you need to have those boundaries to say, you know what? I am booked. It looks like for the next four days, but early next week I'll be able to get you in and we'll take care of it. So don't, kill yourself, especially if you're busy already. You don't need to do that. And do not worry. Having that boundary, if the client walks away a little bit disappointed when you put that boundary out there like that, they're going to be corrected themselves. They're going to be like, oh, I better not do that again because I still want my full lashes, you know? But when you put it back on them, they begin to see it as something that they can control. What about someone who your late cancels or no shows? How do you deal with that? Like cancels like five minutes. Before yeah, yeah, the just like you know, half hour before. It's like, uh, guys, I'm sorry, I caught up at work, can't make it today. Uh, can I come in like later or come come in tomorrow? Often you get that kind of text. How do you deal with that? I'm going to put this back on you because usually you're the one that's <laughs> dealing with the clients. Okay, in that yeah, way. Thank you for asking that question. Yeah, that's a good so question. Paul, what do you think? Well, I would say, especially you know, what we did is we made sure that our clients knew where our policies were. So we didn't get into this yet, but. One of the things we did do is we had it on our website and policies there. We also had an email. So within the email that they'd get the confirmation, the policies be restated. They don't read it. They don't read those. it. They don't uh, read it. We also would put it often. Sometimes I put it in a text. If they're a new client, I would put some of our cancellation policies, no-show policies. I would tell them over the phone when we booked them. And I would also, when they first come in for their very first appointment, I would have an initial. We have a little thing where we state, here's our cancellation, no-show policy, initial this. So we literally have hit them like six different ways. So it's really hard for them to claim. And they still do, by the way. They still, still do, like, you guys. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. I've never heard about no-show policies. Don't think that just because you do this that you don't have to have this conversation because they will always test and they will yeah. always say that they didn't certain know. Clients, the certain yeah. Karens like to do it. No, I'm kidding. Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. If your name is Karen, I love you. So basically the idea is this. They did that. I would say, you know, hey, we do have a cancellation no show policy. If either one of those happened last second, let's say. Um, if they no show, obviously I would reach out to them after the appointment was passed. If they canceled, I would just tell them when they reach out to us saying, look, we can reschedule you. But there is a cancellation policy for this last second. Now, a lot of times as soon as they said that, they'd be like, okay, I'll be there. Because they just figured it was like. Well, it's not convenient. I'm at the beach. I really don't want to come in. I'll just yeah. cancel and say I'm busy. You know, and also, we also had one gal, Lily, her father died three times. She would call me and say, I'm sorry, my father just passed away. And I'm like, I kept track after the first one. And I never said, I always want to say, wow, he died again. That's horrible. But uh, You never said it. Don't never, ever say no, something I, like that, ever. I, I, I wish my dad could die three times. Stop. At least bring him back. No, I basically would just say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Well, even then, unfortunately, this is the last second cancellation. And because she had done this already, I'd say, you know, there is going to be a fee for that. And because it's, um, we had it where if you canceled before the point, it was 50%, you had to pay. If you no-show, it was 100%. 
and we would just tack it on to the next appointment. Some people will say, make them pay right then. That's, it's really your choice. And, you know, for us, it was this ease of frustration because a lot of times when clients get told right then they need to pay, they're like, screw you, I'm not going to pay. So and you got them the heightened, angered moment. And usually they come in a month later, or a week later, or two weeks later. They've gotten over the anger. They realize it was their fault. It was their bad. They're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I should pay for it. I get it. So I don't like to get into too much confrontation in the moment. It really does heighten things up. So I would always say, if they were trying to cancel a no-show, I would say, tell them what they're going to charge. And often when they would say, well, I don't remember. I never saw anything. I'd say, I know. I'm sorry. You don't remember. But it's actually in all our communications. When you first came here, it's on our website. I really actually point out it's on our website. It's on our email. We texted you the first time you came. And we communicated it to you verbally, too, both over the phone and when you came in and had your consultation. So we really try our best to communicate this. If we forgot, I understand there's a lot of things to remember. And I will say that when he's explaining this, it is through an attitude of utmost humility. Yeah, and compassion. And, and compassion. Empathy. There's a lot of patience yeah. that this is delivered in. It's and not, that's key. It's really key. You got to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I hear know. that. I know. A lot of empathy. So sorry. A lot of frustration. You know, it's frustrating. Feeling their pain, so to speak. Not just like telling them get over it. You know, I'm going to charge you and so forth. And I know you really are connecting with that human part, but in order to get them to hear what you're saying, you really have to show them that courtesy. Yeah, you do. And so at the end of all that, now we did still have this policy also in place, which was an unspoken policy. We would give everyone one free pass a year. But don't tell people. We that. don't tell anyone. That is just no, that's your secret. The policy. No, it's not a written policy. This was an in-house policy because we understand life happens. And when you were seeing in a day 40, 50 clients, there was always a decent chance one of them was going to have a real life ca- catastrophe happen. And I didn't want to be so insensitive that you know we couldn't suck it up for one client here and there. For us, I think on average we had one or two a week, maybe. Maybe one or two a week out of like, you know, we'd see 100, 150 people, let's say, in a week, and we'd have one or two that would cancel on us like that, no see, show. By having that little policy that I'll give everyone a pass, it's like your own little safety protocol, meaning that you're giving yourself an out. Yeah. If the client is going to throw a fit, you can say, listen, I do have this boundary, but in this case, I'm going to make an exception for you. Yeah. And you can extend that grace knowing that you're telling yourself this is the last time. And then after this, then we can celebrate them leaving, but I'm going to give them one more chance. You yeah. know, that one little extra free pass, it's just a tool for you to feel better about yourself, you know? And if they're a repeat offender, you can even say, I was able to give you my free pass last time. Yep. Unfortunately, I can't do that again. And then that reminds them, oh yeah, I've done this before. I'm doing it again. <laughs> exactly. It's like you showed grace already beforehand. So now- Now you're ready to fire them. Yeah, but, no, but basically the idea is that you've been kind and thoughtful already once. And so they can't hate you that much because you said, look, and you tell them when you give them that free pass, I can do this once. If right. this happens again, unfortunately, I'm going to have to charge you. You let them know that and they go, yeah, I get it. I understand. So, And then you make sure you take notes. You put that in the system because otherwise you won't remember. If you're reminding, or maybe you have a great mind, but I don't. And I need to write notes on everything that happens. So after any exchange with any client, go into the notes in the program. Most companies or most software now has a place where you can put a note on that client. Say, last time they were here, this is what happened. I don't really care if it was like, hey, client came in and said that uh, the place smelled weird or the client came in and said, I look great. Whatever it is, I put that in the notes. I just want to remember every interaction I have at front desk with that client. So if I see a pattern over time, I'm like, oh, wow, look, every time she comes in, she says this about my hair. 
or lack of it. And, or she says this about, you know, how she really likes this or that. It just, it helps you to see things both good and bad so that you know how to react and how to respond to a client. And also for me, I just like typing because it helps me remember stuff. Once I type it, I'm more likely the next time it comes in like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when you said this or that. Yeah, you're right. We can deal with that. So, yeah, that's with people who cancel and no, and no show. What about clients who come with dirty lashes? What do you guys do with that? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is a little bit more of a personal one because if you don't mind cleaning their lashes, for me, I'm like, I'm going to do a better job than they're going to do. So I think first, it's a really good habit to give them your foam cleanser and send them to the bathroom and have them wash, especially if they have like eyeliner and eyeshadow on to get at least that like top layer off. But then I'm not going to send them away. I'm not going to send them home. I'm not going to be like, I can't do your lashes because they're so dirty. I'm going to spend the time to clean them and clean them well so that I know that the bonds I'm getting have been placed on clean lashes. And if it affects the appointment time, then it affects the appointment time. And I am clear about that saying, okay, I'm going to just spend a little bit more time cleaning your lashes. I really need to get them clean so that I can guarantee the retention that you're used to. And then from there, you can say, because of that, it's going to take, it's going to eat some time away of doing your lashes. And then, you know, going back to like, I'm not going to be able to extend it for you. We can book extra time. And then usually because you have to book extra time, which means they're paying more money they don't come in with dirty lashes anymore. (laughs) That's exactly, that's the magic of it. When we've had issues with it, we've done the same thing. Go ahead and clean the lashes. You know, maybe at the end of the appointment, they'll come out and they'll say to the front desk, you know, it's really just not as full as I had last time. And then because the front desk and I are on the same page, the front desk will say, yeah, um, I know she made a little note here. She had to spend 15 minutes cleaning the lashes. I think you guys talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Well, 15 minutes is actually a third of the year lash time for that one eye, which is quite a lot of lashes. So, yeah, it is understandable that you see it. Would you like to book an extra 15 minutes for another time? Either way, they get the point that what they come in with is what you have to work with. And if you've been sweet as pie the entire time, they really have no recourse about it. Early on, I used to get frustrated, you know, oh my gosh, these lashes are so gross. But now I have the same philosophy as you do. I might find it a little bit distasteful to do it, but I'm going to do a better job at it anyway. You know, (laughs) it's, it's kind of like, I don't like it. You know, when I tell my kids to clean the room and they don't do it, but I'm not going to huff and puff over them. They just don't get to partake in family time sooner because they haven't cleaned their room. That's on them. So I never make it a big deal. I'll have a conversation in the beginning. It's important to have clean lashes and show them just like you did the proper way to wash them. And this is how you do it. And if they don't do it, the next step is you take a picture and you show them what the lashes look like when it first they co- first comes in. I was just going to say that because I think what people do is they take pictures so that they can show other lash artists. But I know what you're going to say. So yeah, (laughs) no, you got to show them because they usually have no point of reference what it looks like from our point of view. You show them all that gunk. And lots of times that is the deciding factor that makes motivating change for them. They'll they'll be like, oh, I didn't realize it was so crusty. That's really gross. And then they have a visual to change. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And for those that doesn't... Some clients don't care, right? Some clients don't care. You can show them the nastiest, crustiest stuff and they will still come and just have whatever excuse. And you know what? It's like they're still coming to me. They're paying me to do it. 
I'm going to do it. They don't care that it's coming out of their lash time. That's fine. It's just one of those nasty things. There are people that you have to deal with that don't have the hygiene that we all would like. That's not a hill for me to die on. And I don't think it's a fireable offense either. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. I mean, if you're fully booked and you're crazy busy and you're just like, I just don't like dealing with it, I get it. But just be aware that when you decide to tell that client, like, I no longer want to see you because you don't wash your lashes, just wait to see what they do to your Yelp page or to (laughs) Google review. Because you've just created an enemy. You've just said you're a dirty, disgusting person, and I don't want you in my salon. I mean, that's really going to be a tough conversation for you to win and for you to somehow to see them leave on good terms. The better thing to do, I think, is like much like we do with late clients, we just let them know, like, hey, our appointment's normally an hour and a half. But I had to spend the first a lot, or the first half hour cleaning your lashes, so I only had an hour. I made the best use of the time that I had, but this is what we got done. And now the client's like, "Well, that's not enough." Like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, but we could book you another appointment or another half hour if you want. Make up for that time." And if they still don't care, I mean, you have Tessie has one client who books an extra half hour because she's always late. She's always always late, late. so she just books always an extra half late. hour just so she has that. Freedom to be late, but at least Tustin's being paid for that whole time. You know, she still might even come in an hour late still. And I'll yeah. be like, she'll like, just do whatever you can. I like 50, literally 15 minutes. Okay. All right. You know, and she, but she knows. And she never cleans the lashes either. And yeah, you know what? Does. It's fine. And the key for all this is we decided about three, four years ago, maybe it was even longer. I forget. It was right when you started, Erica, I think, is to make it the client's responsibility for everything. Like, we knew that we could provide great lashes. We knew that if you give us the right amount of time, you come in when you're allotted, you clean your lashes, you come in for the right appointment time. Don't do these short appointments like half hours and all of that, but do the full fill appointments. Come in within a time frame, which is three to five weeks, and don't ask for something that we can't give you. Because some people want, I want 25s on everything. It's like, okay, no, we can't do that. As long as you stayed within what we called our five boundaries. Yeah, we have five boundaries and you couldn't cross and, and one. It's, <laughs> and it's there and it's on them if they decide to, to go over it. So if they decide to come in late, it's on them. They get to pay for the extra time. We didn't give them discounts. We didn't give them extra free time. They had dirty lashes. We told them, hey, you know what? We're going to do the best we can, but we had to spend some extra time cleaning. If they canceled or if they were late, we had some clients always want, oh, I only want like 45-minute appointments. Like, we can't do that. Our appointments are hour and a half to two hours to give our clients awake the type of lashes that we know that we can do. And then once in a while, a client had a couple clients, we just try it. We'd do these one-hour appointments every two, three weeks, or oh no, one-hour appointment at once a month. And after three week, months, they come to me complaining, like, why aren't my lashes lasting? Like, because you're not following our protocols. That's why. I do it nicely. And I'd be like, you're not following our protocols, so I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give you any free appointments because your lashes aren't lasting. In fact, anything we should start over at this point. We'll give you a whole new set. It'll cost you $305. That's just the way it is. And they'd be like, oh, okay. And by the way, when we finally switched this over and we had these policies in place, yes, we did lose some clients. Thank God, because they were the worst clients. They were the clients that did no show. They were the ones that did come in always late and had dirty lashes and didn't want full appointments. That didn't care about our time. Those are the ones that we can get rid of. The good news in all of this is when you do have those boundaries and you start upholding them graciously, your clientele will weed themselves out. You will, it will automatically, you know, you might have to have a few hard conversations, but you won't have to deal with it for long because they'll be gone. Yeah. And your ideal client is somebody who actually wants boundaries. When you think about going and getting your hair done, I want to know that I am not upsetting my hairstylist. I want to know that I'm 
doing what she expects of me as a client, but I'm not going to know what she expects of me unless she tells me. That's right. And so I think like keeping that in mind is helpful because we, I feel like we come to this, like we feel so bad that we have to give a boundary, but it's more for them than it is for us. I feel like it totally is. No, everyone does better. I mean, the whole analogy of a kite flies because there's a string attached to it, pulling it back. And that tension is what gives it lift because you have wind. If you just cut the string free and let it fly anywhere it wants, it just falls to the ground and is limpless. Like it dies. So I think your clients and it's basically true in life with kids and anything else. Boundaries help bring structure, bring order, expectations. People know what's going to come, what's going to be met, what's not going to be met. And then there's not going to be anger or people pissed off later on because you changed the rules on them. Now, the one thing you can't do is you can't have a boundary and then just wave it whenever you feel like it because it's inconvenient for you. Because you'll get bitter yourself and get angry. And possibly your client will too. So let's real quickly, just to make sure that we're giving you guys value, we're going to go over those five boundaries and what they are. Yeah. The first one for us is that the client had to come in the right time frame, so it had to be between three and five weeks between fills. Right. That's that's what what our and everyone's is. different. Most salons I know probably two to three weeks, but because of our bond, the way we do lashes, our clients are able to go longer. I actually heard a major trainer today actually come online and say. If you're going over three weeks, you should be only doing new sets. And I'm like, actually, no, it all depends on what type of lashing you do. Yes, if you do the standard lashing technique, yes, you're probably three weeks is the max you're going to get. But I can assure you when, I mean, I actually had my lashes done finally about two months ago. We did it for Lashaman yeah. uh, contest. And that was how, what was the deadline uh, it was, for that? It was a while back. But all I was to say, my lashes lasted easily four weeks. He still has them on Yeah, right I still have now. some on now. But I mean, literally after four, it's been six weeks now. Four weeks, I had almost, I think, probably 70, 80% of the lashes were still on easily. So that said, I can vouch now for the technique saying, yes, it does last. It does hold up over time. Yeah, that's a side but note. Anyway, for you, you pick your sweet spot. If yeah. you, you like your clients coming in every two weeks and you don't want them to go over, then your guideline is going to be two weeks, right? Yeah. Whatever it is for you, whatever your sweet spot is. And then we would let them know, by the way, if they decide to push that, if they go, I want to come in four weeks. Well, okay, we can do four weeks. And then I said, but just so you know, if you go four weeks and you should come in every two, basically at this point, after a couple of months, your lashes are going to be kind of thin. You're going to want a new set. And I put that in the notes. And then what would happen is the client after two months would complain, go, well, my lashes seem kind of thin. I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. I know a couple of months ago we talked about this. I said that was usually the way it goes. So at this point, the best way to get you back to where you want to be is to have a new set. So we need to book a full three-hour appointment with you. And then you could have the conversation be like, you know, if the client's never quite happy, then you're saying, I really think you need more time yes. or I really think that you need to come in a week sooner. That kind of thing. You can have that once you've tested it and yeah. you put that stuff in the notes. Which that's the second yeah. one, right? It's now the, the time frame. Like we had hour and a half and two hour appointments for fills. Yes. So ours would, yeah. So basically it's the first is be, you have to come in between three and five weeks. The second one in is you either do a one and a half hour or a two hour fill. So basically it prevents people to say, oh, can you just do it in 30 minutes? Cause I can't lie down cause of my back. You know, or whatever the reason is, they're just trying to get you to do less time than you normally do for it's budget or yeah. whatever reason. They might not be able to afford this. It's fine for them to ask, but you can say no, whatever yeah. ideal time frame it is. Next one, the client has to be on time. So if they continue or late, we understand now that's on them. 
and then the next one, the client has to come in with clean lashes. Mm -hmm. So that you're not spending your time cleaning their dirty lashes, getting them up to the right spot. So they have to be on time. They have to have the clean lashes. And the other thing, the last thing is that they have to ask for a design that their lashes can handle, right? If they're coming in with very, very shallow follicles, like one or two hair follicles per square centimeter, you know which kind I'm talking about. And they're asking for a mega volume look. Girl, it's not going to happen. I'm going to have to take a lot more time for that. So they have to be asking for something that they can handle. So you can have your five boundaries or you can have six or seven, whatever you think you need to have. And then you can even put that on the website or you can send out an email or just remind them. We actually had it on our wall. And so if clients come in, you can say, these are our five boundaries. As long as you stay within these boundaries. We guarantee the work. We guarantee our work. And we did. We had a 100% guarantee. Meaning like if you weren't happy with our work and we couldn't fix it, we'll refund your money. So it was very simple. But if they didn't follow those five boundaries, they came dirty, they were late, they didn't ask for things they couldn't handle, always had short appointments, and also waited seven, eight weeks between appointments, well, now we're off the hook. And when we finally just said, we're no more putting up with this crap, no more any of this stuff, wow, how it easy transformed it got. everything. We got rid of so many bad clients and the new clients, which wasn't a lot, by the way. We didn't have like 100 clients that were like, ah, oh, this abusing. I mean, we probably lost five or 10 clients. What is it that's saying about 80-20? So 80% of the problems are caused by 20% of the people, yeah. right? And yeah. so you get rid of the 20% and now you don't have that many problems. Exactly. The thing about the list though, you guys, it's you don't have to post it for other people. It's not for the clients really to see. It's really for yourself. It's yeah. like you're saying, these are my, my guidelines. And so that when... When somebody is tripping them up or or testing you, you can just go back, oh, these are my policies to protect me and my heart and my sense of well-being. If they're violating any of these, I have the right to push back a little bit and just in love say, hey, let's have a conversation. Now, how did you guys deal with or how do you deal with, I should say, with people keep wanting like those little touch-ups? We're like, Mm. oh, yeah, they're all happy. And like a day later, you get that text like, Uh, my lashes are just not full enough. Can I come in real quick? Yeah, what would you guys do? Well, I don't let those appointments be booked online, first of all, so they can't book it themselves. So you block off the 15 minutes or whatever like that so that they can't do that? it's not available in the menu. Oh. It's not even like an option, like the 30-minute or the one hour. Mm -hmm. They're not an option on the website. But they do know because there is a time and a place for either a quick fix or a quick like fluff up if they have an event and just want them a little bit more full before their next appointment, which is in like a week and a half or whatever it is. You always charge for it? Do you ever give it to them for free? I always charge for it. Okay, good. Thank you. (laughs) High five. No, No, I just know that some people give away that stuff. They give away free touch-ups. Well, I mean, if they're asking for it, if they want a fluff up, then they're paying for it. If it was something that was my fault and their appointment wasn't three weeks ago, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe they text me within that week or maybe it's eight days and, you know, you never know. Someone might be trying to live with a problem and like, it'll get better, it'll get better. You really have to feel that out. But if I know it's something I did or it feels off balance or something's poking me. I don't charge for that, but I also know it's not going to take me very long. That's going to be like a, yeah, 10 minutes, some 15 minutes, something like that. Yeah. I know that we had the tusks and I think we did their staff with this. If they felt like something went wrong in the room during their time, they had the freedom to talk to me or the front desk and say, you know what? 
if they complain, just put in the notes that we'll we'll make it up to them. I was having problems with the humidity, or maybe I, I was off. It just, just wasn't off. it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. If they came to us, or if I felt like oh, I just was not on my A game. If they say something, if they call back in a couple of days, it's totally on me. I mean, it happened like I think last week there was a day where you said Paul. If oh no, it happened, and I did the just, touch up today. Just, but yeah. it was just <laughs> too hot in the room. The humidity wasn't right. She was too fussy. I just no matter what, I couldn't get a handle on it. Yeah. So you just make a note of that again and we have a policy that in the first seven days if there's something not right like when the lashes twist or the client's not happy about it we will give a free touch-up how about this at the end of the appointment when they come out to the front what do you say to them because it's not just like take off you know see ya nice have a nice well, no, life i mean what we, do you say we always ask them how how was your appointment or how do you like your lashes and often 99 out of 100 times they'll be like oh i love them they're wonderful but once in a while they'll say well or if they don't give you that that overwhelming love like oh they're okay that's, you pursue that yeah, that's when you know you they're, they're trying to communicate more. with you and you've got to pick up on it and some people don't want to be direct because they don't want to complain they want to be polite again they're people pleasers probably and so they don't want to say anything nasty or they're afraid they're going to hurt you. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard this. Well, I don't want to get her in trouble. Like, no, no, no. You're going to not get any of the team members in trouble if you're not happy. That's okay. We all have our bad days and we all sometimes miss the mark. That's okay. That was always one of our favorite phrases. Oh, did we miss the mark? It said, did we screw up? It just sounds more, I don't know, more professional, I guess. And we're not blaming anyone. We're just saying, look, we missed the mark. But also say that we're a training facility, so we welcome the feedback. Yeah, we're always welcoming the feedback. So also, I, I would really make sure you know or watch them how they interacted with the mirror. If I saw them look at the mirror a lot, then I usually say, hey, is everything okay? Because once in a while, they're like, well, no, I'm looking here, and this one side has a gap. And You know what I'm talking about. We all know <laughs> what they're talking about. You give them the mirror, and they, they keep looking at it, and they're not saying anything. The best thing to do is don't wait for them to say, what's going on? <laughs> what can I fix here? You know? Yeah. You and if they in. say, oh, what do you think? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. What do you think? Now, yeah. we did have clients who thought touch-ups were free extra half hours that they could always get. After every appointment. After every appointment. So basically, they knew that we had this touch-up policy. So they would basically call or usually text us the next day, go, I'm not happy about my lashes. And then we'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. What can we do? The first time we'd be like, well, we'll get you in. We'll take care of you because they're a new client. We want to overwhelm them and, and give them what they want. So they come in, they get their lashes fixed, and then they walk out all happy and great. Next time they come back, they get their lashes filled, and then they... Two days later, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Come in for the touch-up, and everything's great. Yeah, we do it again. Usually it took two times. Then on the third time for us, was like, okay, now we see the pattern. Now this isn't us anymore. This is a person who just wants an extra free half hour. So if they call on the third appointment, especially if I wasn't on the front desk, one of our team members say, oh, we had Mrs. Jones just uh, texted us saying she's not happy and she wants a free touch-up. I would call her, and I'd be like, hi, Mrs. Jones, this is Paul. I'm so sad to hear that you're not happy with your lashes again. Tell me what's going on. She explained it. Oh, you know, they're just, just not as full. I just, just like last time, I just like to get a little extra. Like, no, I understand you. I'm a little full. Or what? I think that in the future what we need to do is we need to book a little bit more time. So if you have an hour and a half, you need to just book a two-hour appointment. If you have a two-hour appointment, you need to book two and a half hours because we can't just keep giving you free fills. That's not the plan. Wasn't the- oh, no. I don't expect you to give me free fills. Oh, okay. Then great. Then we'll go ahead and book you for a half hour. <laughs> we'll quick fluff and we'll get you in and we'll take care of you. And then sometimes that would happen. But other times they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I love my lashes. It's okay. And then they just wouldn't book it. They stopped doing the yeah. touch-up. They just stopped asking. They took advantage of it. As long as you keep giving it to them, they'll just keep taking it. But it's the moment you kind of say, 
nah, it's not the way this we're doing things. This is my boundary. Amazingly, almost 100% of the time, they just back off. They go, oh, okay. Because it's kind of like, you know, I'm passing out a, a free, bad example here, free Free soda, candy bars. Free candy bars. So they always take three candy bars. Like, Who no, wouldn't? no, no, it's only one candy bar. And they're like, well, you know, you have to give that boundary. You have to give them a reason to pull back. So. I kind of like to think about it like, you know, when you first have kids – and they wake you up in the middle of the night. It's like, who wouldn't want to get woken up and being fed and cuddled, you know, in the middle of the night? I, I mean, of course you can't blame like the kid for that, right? The but there comes a point where you're like, okay, no, I need to get a good night's sleep or I will kill you. <laughs> who wouldn't yeah. want to have three candy and bars? And you can't blame them for wanting the extra. As long as no one said it's not right, people will take it. For sure. That's what people do. So well, a couple more points and we'll wrap this up. Uh, I thought this would be like a short 20, 30-minute uh, talk. And, of course, we go on as we normally do dealing with complaints clients mm. who complain what type of boundaries do you put there do you just let them come in and bitch and moan about anything or is there what how do you deal with that for the people pleasers this one's going to be the hardest and this one would always get my goat because the first thing that i would say as a lash artist was like tell me how your lashes wore what did how did they do and often it was like oh you know they did okay you know and then i try to problem solve let's see let's see what we can do this time and I would do my absolute best. And the next time they'd come in, they'd, it would be the still the lackluster kind of thing. There would be complaints. And I'd get so bent out of shape about it. I, at the end of the day, I'd be with Paul like, what is going on? I just can't please this person. They don't like my work. And he's like, whoa, hold on a second. They still come to you every month, right? And they still pay X number of dollars, right? Yeah. So they're happy. Even if they're complaining, they're still coming to you. Well, yeah. I just don't like how they make me feel bad. He's like, they're paying you for it. They're paying Get you 200 it. bucks to make you feel bad. Get over it. <laughs> so try not to let the complaints deal with it. Some people's glasses are half full, and that's just how they see the world. If they keep coming back to you, even if they're complaining, they are happy. Yeah, they are. And they, that's just their wiring. I think some people just are that way, and so you just live with it. Now, of course, if you have to, you can actually say something like, I'm sure, I don't know if you ever did this, like, you know, you do the whole, like, well, I can see you're not happy. No, no. It seems like you're happy. I'm going to let Erica explain this because I don't know if you're thinking of the same client that I am. But we had one client who went to see lots of different people, and she was never happy. And there was a little bit of trying to pit people against each other. And one day she said to you, she said, you know, I think I'm just going to go somewhere else. And what did you say? I was like, okay, you should. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> I was like, yes, Erica, yes, yes. I doubt she was expecting me to say that, mm -hmm. but had gotten to that point where she really had gone to everybody. And I was just like, maybe that's the best thing. Maybe you should. Knowing yeah. in my head, like we knew what she wanted, but she didn't know what she wanted. I think that was the situation. And so in our mind, it was kind of like, well, good luck finding that somewhere else, but please go try, you yeah. know? Please, please, we want you to be happy. The goal is always let the client fire themselves if you can. Yeah. And really, the worst thing for you to do is have that weird talk of, well, you, you're just not a good fit with us, and I don't think you should be here. I mean, we've had those talks once in a while where someone's upset, and it's not working, and I may say, you know what, I just don't know if we're the right fit. 
And what I can do is I can recommend a few other salons nearby that, that where if you want to give them a call, even then introduce you and say, hey, we're going to send someone over and hopefully and tell them what you're looking for. Give them a little heads up so you can try to get you in. But it seems like every time you've been here, we have missed the mark. You just don't seem to be liking what we're doing here. And maybe it's just not, maybe it's us. And so if that's helpful, we can try to introduce you to some other places where they can try to take care of you. Again, almost always, you get to that point, I say, oh, no, no, I don't want to leave. I'm just, you know, I'm da-da-da-da-da, and they come up their stuff. Once in a blue moon, you know, once or twice a year, to climb like, oh, sure, I'll take those recommendations. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then our staff would be happy and be like, yay, we got rid of this client that's, like, really difficult, never happy, always complaining, and always would try to take up free touch-ups. And we, we've ran the gamut with her, and we're done. Like, we're okay we, I feel like we've taken the high road in every way possible. And I, we would even do this sometimes. On their last appointment, when they weren't happy, I just refund their last appointment and say, you know what? We've, you've been here for like six months trying to make it work. It's never been good. Here, let me refund your money. Because the reason why you're doing that is you want to avoid the bad review on Yelp. And if you take the high road, and yes, it's money. Yes, you worked hard for it. But the bigger picture is you your want to build reputation. A business, your reputation. Yeah. And if you let that go, you lose. Your business loses, right? So yeah. always arm yourself with as much charm and humility and tenderness for your fellow human being, even if you don't have it, yeah. because that can be protective of you. And it's actually a really good mark of character too. To just to be as generous as you possibly can. Um, and it, it has a self-protective mechanism. Big secret here for you guys to know. One of the biggest ways for us to get rid of one-star reviews, and we were always a five-star salon on Yelp, but we did get one-star reviews every once in a while. It happens. It and, will happen to it, you. It will happen to you. And the, the number one way we got rid of it, and we never asked for them to take them off. We would refund their money. We'd call them. Because nine out, yeah, I keep saying nine out ten times. I don't know. I'm like on a doctor's <laughs> commercial here for dentists. A lot of the time, the client you would know who it is. You see the review and go, oh, that's Mrs. Jones again. So I'd call her and say, you know, I saw that you gave us a um, favorable review. Or actually, I, I wouldn't call. So I would call, actually. If I knew it was for sure, I'd call. And you say, and how I did we miss the mark? And, I, and that's how I missed the mark because I see what you said and I'm just trying to learn so we can grow from this. And I apologize. And then, you know, sometimes if they couldn't reach them, because sometimes they have aliases, I would just write a nice DM saying, hey, I apologize for missing the mark and so we didn't do you right. By the way, we definitely want to refund your money for your last appointment. We want to take care of you. And also, I'd offer often a free appointment to come back whenever they felt like they wanted to give it a try with testing or something like that. And most of the time, that generosity, that kindness, would they'd go right away. They, you'd see that review, like within a week or two, it would go to a five-star review. Now, I never asked them to take the review off because I always felt like if I did that, People are going to dig in a little bit more. Like, well, I'm just doing this for you to give rid of my one star review. No, you never ask never them ask. because that's that's really not it's, the goal. It's They'll, unsaid. Yeah, it's kind of unsaid, and they and most of the time they would take it off because of that. So that's a side note. Just when you, you know, have a client does give you a bad review, how to deal with it. So if you all possible, don't fire your clients. I really advise you to put the boundaries out there and make them suffer the consequences of their bad behavior, and then they will either get be unhappy and leave. Or they'll just learn to live with it, or they'll change, or they'll just, you'll get them in line and they'll go, no way, I better do this. Because those ideas of following the Facebook groups were like, yeah, just fire them, fire them, fire them. Well, everyone's firing everyone. I swear, I don't know how people have clients with how many times I've seen on Facebook people firing clients. It's crazy. Yeah. The key is just to put that behavior on them so that they tie their behavior with the consequences. Yeah. So. I think we covered it. I think that's pretty good, right? Get ourselves a pat on the back. It's been a while. We haven't done this, I think, since uh, – when's the last time we had you on, Eric? I can't even remember now. 
I think actually, well, the last time I think was with Lash Icon because that was like in February, March or something like that. Just after you had, you had just moved, I think. End of February. Yeah. I'm pretty so. sure. I don't feel like we've missed a beat. It's so good I, to see you. And I think it's so people know uh, with Erica, cause she did move to another state and is pursuing some other fun stuff that she's working on, which I'm sure she's going to be sharing more with everyone, her new developments in the future. Erica will be here, but not every episode. Like she's going to be joining us as a guest and it's because we like the three-way roundtable talk that we have. I think it really adds a lot more flavor than just me and Tuss. And so having Erica come in and talking about different issues would be great. So if you guys have stuff, you have things that you would like to have us talk about, please you know, DM or email me at paul at com, And we'll throw that into the queue. And we're going to be sitting down about once a month with Erica recording one or two episodes. And we'll just be putting those out long um, during the month or during the rest of this year just dealing with all the big issues and stuff that you guys like to hear about. So thank you so much, Erica, for making the time to join us today. Yeah. And we will do this again very soon. That's pretty much it, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And be standing by for the Last Con FOMO ticket coming out soon. On behalf of my Lash Pals, Tussie and Erica, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 